At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hey, this is Brian Alvarez, and this is today's edition of the Wrestling Observer Daily Podcast on the 8-Side Network. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's get it on. Let's get it. Mike Sempervivi back here with you for the next hour talking professional wrestling and mixed martial arts, something we do every single day here on Sports Bylines Broadcasting Network. And however you're joining me today, tune in iHeart American Forces Radio, broadcast affiliates, sportsbyline.com, Sirius XM 156 podcast or streaming on Twitch or on YouTube. Just want to say thank you for spending a little bit of time with us today. Hopefully your Christmas was well. Hopefully your Boxing Day went as well, too. Hopefully it went better than Brian Alvarez's traveling plans, which uh, kind of went sideways, in case you're wondering why I'm here again in the main hosting chair. That is because Brian Alvarez and his family are stuck in Florida, which is a good place to be stuck when you're trying to go back to Seattle, Washington, and a ton of snow apparently taking place in the uh the washington state uh region apparently north seattle got about five or six inches of snow that was enough to shut down the airport and stop brian and his family from coming home so he is scheduled to return very early tuesday morning there is the most minuscule chance in the world that he will be back for the show tomorrow but i seriously doubt it uh, more likely he's going to be back on Wednesday and you will have once again myself and filthy Tom Lawler hosting this show giving you all of the raw review that you need coming up tomorrow on the show but we got a lot to get into today and unfortunately need to start it off on a sad note Marcus Crane 
33 years old, passed away, independent wrestler, probably best known for his work in death matches, game changer wrestling, uh, went to the GCW tour of Japan, was trained by Danny Daniels, and also is very notable for being in the Chicago area on the AAW Pro shows. Apparently passed away, took a nap, did not wake back up again. He has had head issues. He was trying to return from skull surgery that he had back in 2019 when he had a craniotomy after they found out there was an infection in his skull that was leaking into his brain. So a very sad situation there. Marcus Crane passes away at the age of 33 years old. Going to get into a whole lot of what's taking place on the wrestling scene when we get back. Wrestling Observer Live. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Back on the show, Mike Sempervivi here with you at Wrestling Observer Live. We do this show every day for an hour, but if you want us 24-7, you might be able to do it on Twitter. That's usually the easiest way. I am at Sempervivi. The website for this podcast, at WONF4W, the broadcaster at Sports Byline USA, the handsome and amazing co-host at Filthy Tom Lawler and uh, Brian Alvarez is at Brian Alvarez if you if you want to talk to him or see pictures of him being upset that he's got to go back to snow. But Filthy, uh, with Brian being gone, of course, that gives us more than ample chance to get into all of the things that actually make us happy, which could be any number of things today on a, on a Monday afternoon. It could be. Uh, going to the Raiders game. It could be Christmas. It could be catch wrestling rules. could be any number of things, Filthy. What do you want to get into to start? Well, let's talk about Christmas, right? We're coming off of the holiday this past weekend. Mike, is there anything that you've received for Christmas that you'd like to tell the listeners about? I would love to tell the listeners about what I received, but I can't do that because of FCC violations. <laughs> but one of the gifts that I gave was a this sharper image uh, foot massager. It's got like to to my wife these five different rollers in there and all these heat temperatures and everything. So I got her that, which made her very happy. Offset the fact that I got a uh, a Ninja Blender slash food processor for her her as well too because you know i like guacamole so that's what that's mm -hmm. about so you know i gave that to her too so it's something that i can use and plus something that she can use so that went well the boy is happy so big success in the uh the sempervivi family oh awesome i myself mike i got a i got a gift that i cannot share with virtually anybody a super super sexy calendar my wife gave me which i can neither hang up nor show anyone uh, I also got this cool Razor Ramon. That's a shoot, by the way, Pete. HG figure. Ooh. Razor Ramon HG now, wait. here. Did you get that from someone, or was that the gift to yourself for being such a great New Japan Strong Openweight <laughs> Champion? That was a gift to myself. Uh, and the best gift of all, I must say, a gift I never thought I would receive, despite crying out, on Twitter, I woke up the next day over Christmas night, not even Christmas Day. The next day, I woke up to five discs of Doink the Clown in my box, in my email inbox. And I've been watching Doink 
lighted up, I guess you could say, back in the early 90s for the past day. And I'm loving it. Somebody's probably thinking you're lying about this, and I can say for sure he is not lying about this. We what brought on this whole like we got to rewatch Doink thing? Well, there was a discussion between Granny Brian's Granny and Vincent Verhai, uh, the the grid the gladsome giant of the gridiron himself, uh, speaking about Doink the clown. Granny asked, "Was he a wrestler?" And Vinny. Said, oh, he was a great wrestler. And I decided I needed to find out if Doink the Clown was indeed a great wrestler. Um, I don't know if I'd say that, but I am enjoying the first disc of Doink that I've dived into there. Now, is there, see, now there's going to be a, a break in this, though. You're going to have to actually start being studious about this, aren't you? Because it goes from Matt Bourne to Steve Kern at some point, and then, I, I don't know, Steve Lombardi, and I don't know who the hell else played, all of the doinks and dinks and such. But, uh, I mean, doesn't it go from Bourne to Kern at some point? It does. And, you know, Mike, that's, I think that's a perfect segue, because watching these early doink matches, you know, Matt, or, uh, Matt Bourne was a tremendous, tremendous Matt wrestler. He was out there shooting single legs, ankle picks, on Typhoon, he was grabbing two holds of his. Uh, he tried lower to have a nether hacksaw Duggan a couple for, years ago before he passed away. They got into it on an indie show, like for real, for real. Well, watching <laughs> him in the squared circle as Doink in those early matches leads me to believe he would have been a great candidate to face Katsuyori Shibata under these now, uh, I guess, now it's out there, the catch wrestling rule set that Katsuyori Shibata will be competing under at the Tokyo Dome. Yeah, so New Japan held their Wrestle Kingdom 16 press conference today in Tokyo, and as Tom mentioned, the most relevant thing for this show is the fact that Katsuyori Shibata and his match against the mystery opponent now has rules attached to it. Catch wrestling rules, stretches and submissions will be in use as well as throws, which is really like a regular wrestling match. You have the finish is going to come the same way. You could be counted out, disqualified, pin or submission, but no punches, no open hand strikes, no fists, no nothing like that. So in that way, going to be a, a lot closer to what he did with Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, the last time around, uh, Shibata talked a little bit about what he wanted to do during the press conference. And this is up on the New Japan site. If you wanted to take a look at not only this, but several videos that took place from throughout the press conference with everybody facing off with each other. Uh, what Shibata said was, quote, he wanted to give this a different name to the grappling exhibition match I had with Zack Sabre Jr. and set it apart as something else. Grappling rules as a concept that is already common in MMA where strikes are banned. Well, you know, catch wrestling rules is something that I think can be specific to pro wrestling. And that's why the name change is, is there to explain those differences with grappling rules more specifically. I think it allows for moves using the ropes or more pro wrestling styled three dimensional, if you will, in expression. Uh, victory to a pro wrestler comes down to skill and technique in this environment, and it strips pro wrestling down to its essentials. To go to the roots of wrestling a bit, pro wrestling sprung out of what we call the Lancashire style in England, and that's something we mustn't lose sight of. I want a fusion in New Japan pro wrestling that brings the base fundamentals to the fold. This is something that's just beginning, and I think these rules, match times, and things of that nature can change the concept 
as it evolves, that's it. That's all he had to say, and he was done talking, Tom. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week when we talked about a number of men, including yourself, that, you know, really bringing Matt Wrestling back into the forefront, much like Adin Malenko and other people, you can make this style exciting. You can make the essentials of pro wrestling and of wrestling at its core uh, fun to watch and very interesting to watch. And obviously that is something Shibata, his entire career has been based on from day one and uh, something that he's obviously feeding into his students. What do you think about uh, what, what he said here, which was basically a long flowery way to get around to, we're not going to have strikes in this grappling match, but uh, what do you think about this? And can you see anybody, have you thought about anybody else that could step in and be a good opponent for Shibata? Well, if you've listened to recent comments that he's made uh, about the future of wrestling, and especially in New Japan, it seems as if he is uh, nonplussed, I guess would be a term that I could use, with the style that he currently sees and was hoping for a change, you know, some sort of revolution when it comes to the style of wrestling in New Japan for the future. And, you know, obviously he's a guy who's, Deeply rooted in the fundamentals, deeply rooted in legitimate techniques that would work in mixed martial arts or, you know, amateur wrestling contests. And I obviously am a mark for that sort of style. And I think there's a number of guys, and we talked about this last week, as, you know, mixed martial arts has kind of become more prevalent. I think the audience is a little bit more open to submission wrestling and i think a lot of the workers uh see a benefit in it you don't need to kill yourself getting dropped on your head repeatedly you can save that for key moments if you can work on the mat if you can tell a story uh with your motions and with your holds and i think there's a number of guys who have put in the time and the work and have really you know kind of like cult began to cultivate this style once again i wouldn't say it's reached near its apex whatsoever i think you know as time goes by you're going to see guys like john gresham uh like all of the young lions that are coming up out of the new japan system uh really show that matt wrestling is the strongest new japan be strongest pro wrestle be strongest that's what they used to say. I still believe it. Filthy believes it. You should believe it, too. Of course you believe it. That's why you're listening to this show. It is Wrestling Observer Live. We'll be right back. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. 
Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Okay, I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun, such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Back on the show, Mike Sempervivi here with you. Filthy Tom Lawler. Feel me flow. Look at that. You know, it's like a nice summertime song. Except it's not summertime here. It's cold. It was like summer on Christmas. It was like 65 degrees where I'm at on the Delmarva Peninsula east of the Briscoes. It was beautiful. Now it's all rainy and pathetic and sad. How was it yesterday at the Raider game? Was it awesome? I didn't see any of that Raiders-Broncos game. Yeah, the game was awesome. I told you before we went on the air, I was all pumped up about watching Doink the Clown. And then I get to the game, and there's some other clown, Bruce Buffer, doing the introductions. It's time for the Raiders to go out there and squeak out a victory over the Broncos. But that was a bunch of fun. I had a blast. Were you sitting with the people, or were you, like, up in a box, like, being pretentious and all that, getting getting the good food and whatnot? I was in the $800 club-level seats, buddy. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Where you're still sitting neck-to-neck with some peon and paying $13 for a beer. Ooh. Well, actually, you know, it's, that's about average, I guess, for an NFL stadium now. It's completely ridiculous. I live close to the, the Redskins Stadium is the dirt worst in about a zillion different ways, or the Washington football team, just the absolute worst, including their dirtbag owner. And the, the prices there are absolutely brutal. I'm obviously a Falcon fan. We have a good owner that offers up nice pricing for all the fine people of Atlanta who go to the game and then root for the Cowboys and other teams. But yesterday was a successful day against the Detroit Lions, so I will take it. Yeah, I have actually been to that stadium, and I rooted against the Falcons. So you are, you are correct, yeah. So, <laughs> there were more people when I was coming up, too. And, uh, you know, I'm glad they wore the uh, the old uniforms yesterday. Like when Dion was there and everything, Chris Miller, Jerry Glanville gets there. They were like the only team that wore black. They could not sell any merchandise whatsoever. And it's like you go to games, the Redskins and the Cowboys and whoever else they played, those two teams especially, would just kill Atlanta in their own stadium. It was pathetic. Yeah, there were a lot of Broncos fans actually at the uh, game yesterday. And I was told, I guess they travel with a pretty heavy fan base, but they're not a good football team. No. So those people are wasting their money because I know the Raiders are not good. It's very tough to cheer for the Raiders after comments that their owners make after, you know, (laughs) well, dastardly nefarious, deadly deeds that some of the players do. I mean, it's tough 
being a new Raiders fan, but, but at but least the stadium still, was cool. It's still very pro wrestling, though, to be a Raiders fan. I mean, they still operate. I mean, Mark Davis, for the fact that he's got a crappy hairdo, I mean, he still tries to carry on some of the, the swaggering legacy of his father, even though it's in a, a ridiculous way. But, like, Otis Sistrunk and all the... <laughs> All the maniacs that the Raiders have given us over the years. It's still better to have them than to be. Imagine what could have moved to Vegas. You know, you could have got the, I don't know, you could have got the Vikings. Weren't they, like, trying to move out of Minnesota there for a while? Birmingham and all these other places. Could have had them. Could have had Kirk Cousins in Sin City. I don't think it would have worked. Man, I was just hoping for an XFL team. <laughs> so, you know. Hey, you know, there's there's still time, you know, with the Rock buying that thing again and one thing, I guess, too, well, how, what was the crowd like? Were, were there any COVID scares? Was anybody scared to go there as they apparently were to Madison Square Garden? Well, interestingly enough, uh, if you are vaccinated, well, you have to be vaccinated to get into the stadium. However, if you've only had one of the shots, you must wear a mask. So you don't have to be fully vaccinated. <laughs> you have to be halfway vaccinated. And I'm pretty sure they're not checking throughout the game to make sure that you're wearing your mask. So that was quite questionable. Um, yeah, I don't think the guy making, you know, 11.50 an hour has already got enough on his plate. I don't think he's, you know, going to yeah. be there at the end of the row like, hey, you know, pull that up now to, like, you know, the black hole. I don't think that's the best idea. It, it was a little bit questionable, uh, much like the matchmaking for Ryzen, which we have upcoming in a few days. Mike, we talked about Shibata earlier. But we also have Shibatar, who also, like Katsuyori Shibata, uh, should stay away from the striking arts uh, for the foreseeable future, uh, as he's he's a YouTuber who does MMA, and he's fighting I think, Yuta, Yuta Kobo. Yuta Kubo. Um, and we also have the biggest fight in Ryzen history, Tenshin Nasakawa. Taking on Takaru. That fight will be over the summer. Because <laughs> in a couple of days, Tenshin Nasakawa will face the man who showed up to the press conference in a Takaru mask. And that is Takanori Gomi, the fireball kid. Who's probably in his 40s. 42 years old. 42 years old. Takanori Gomi, your former deep champion, your former rival of BJ Penn, your your introduction for a lot of people to Pride's Bushido series when Half Gracie ran across the ring with his head down and Gomi just basically lifted up his knee and delivered a knee strike, knocking him dead in six seconds in a highlight reel knockout for the ages. The fireball kid who's not a kid anymore in true rising Pride Never Die fashion. They announce a couple of fights days before New Year's Eve, including this one against Tension, who... So he fights at 124. He's, he fought Mayweather at whatever weight it was. That went the way that it did. What is this What is this going to be at? Because Gomi was, like, walking around like 185 or something like that the last time he had fought. So, like, are there even weight requirements to this or is this just an open weight deal i mean i seriously doubt there's some sort of weight requirement it wouldn't be new year's eve if there was i think yeah certainly not there's always going to be some something bizarre going on in japan on new year's we don't have a i don't think we have a bobby oligan fight on this show although i'd be trying to capitalize off of his uh big win at the last show but yeah we have 
Tension, Gomi, Reina Kubota, uh, Kai Asakura. Most marketable women they have. You know, Russ fought one time on Bellator, ended up losing, got revenge for that fight over in Japan, where she is a far a star against Siwoo Park. So who is a you know a deep fighter of you know relative repute. So I, I would assume Kubota's coming out of this, uh, but. Again, just again, the fight fights thrown up at the last minute here with no, and again with no real except for you know Shibatar there, no real freak show fight. I mean, they have five hours and forty five minutes is apparently what's been scheduled on Fuji TV for the New Year's Eve show, and I you know where is the forget about Akabono, but where are the Oliguns or somebody like that to bring the 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 mainstream appeal? Well, you have the Asakura brothers who are. Um... I mean, I guess there's, I guess there's stars in Japan, but yeah, you don't, I mean, you have Shibatar, uh, you've got, I mean, Gomi and, and Tension is a freak show fight, uh, to a certain degree, yeah. but I mean, they could use, they could use a super Hulk fight. I mean, why is all cats why cozy against Yaman is going to be the thing. <laughs> Although I, now I want to see Yaman to, to see what that's about. Yeah, maybe I should be over there. Why aren't I defending that strong belt? You should attack like, him like afterwards Bobby under Oligan. a mask and be nah, man. Like, whatever he does, you just knock his ass out. Like, nah, man, they got a catchphrase and everything. If I show up over there, I'm showing up in the thong, like, uh, Takata. <laughs> Who was that? Uh, uh, oh, God. Akihiro Gono with Akihiro's gonads when they did the shot of him in a thong, which I was also at the show in you. Uh, it was the UFC show in Newark. Somebody wore a thong. Was it who was it? Joe Riggs? It was who Dennis Hallman. De- yes. Dennis Hallman. And he was defeated by Brian Ebersol. Yes. And Dana White gave him a special bonus for getting the thong off of his television. There was at one point, I believe Brian Ebersol's toes got <laughs> caught in the thong of Dennis Harmon ah! and expo- exposed his Akihiro gonads Ugh. to the audience. It's like it worse when Gary Goodridge, the story of him telling using his toes to against DJ Takase, and he just said it felt like meshing his toes into his um, crotchial region. He said it felt like crunchy peanut butter, which... pride never die kids filthy the extension of pride uh somehow some way i have no transition away from this back to COVID (laughs) or anything like that so i'll just i'll just go ahead and go to this and the fact that uh wwe just like everywhere else has been getting pounded uh by covid uh bowl games obviously falling out the nhl season has not re uh, started yet it's supposed to be tuesday whether that happens or not who knows it, what's going to be the deal with that. But today, just breaking, uh, over the weekend, there were several wrestlers that have either come down with COVID or, or or being put in a bubble by WWE to try to protect them and keep them as healthy as possible going into day one. But apparently it is also going through the producers' ranks, which, again, not a surprise with something like this. Uh, PWI Insider is reporting that while a typical raw taping would have around a dozen or so producers, the company is down to, quote, about half of that. Now, this now makes a story yesterday about Petey Williams having to be pulled off a card because WWE needed him. 
that will now make some more sense there. That was in the update from yesterday, so that probably has something to do with this. Uh, it's a tough situation because of the producer's workload that they have on them already. The Raw is tonight in Detroit. There's also a SmackDown house show in Orlando that they need to worry about as well, too. They were in Tampa in Madison Square Garden over the weekend. The show at Madison Square Garden when all up into the air uh kevin owens and seth rollins against big e uh was changed to kevin owens and edge who wasn't even supposed to be there they called him up to be on the show they got natalia up to switch brands to be on the show a uh, becky lynch bianca belair title play uh, match didn't take place so it was just a mess over the weekend we can get into a little bit more about that as well as what's coming up on raw tonight and many other things when we get back from break wrestling observer live at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Back on the show, Wrestling Observer Live, a better version of Mike Sempervivi and Brian Alvarez is Mike Sempervivi and Brian's Chop and Roll Express partner. You hear the music of the Midnight Express, Filthy Tom Lawler. Filthy, we were talking about COVID before the break here. Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com reporting that Select has learned that WWE has informed their talent that COVID testing is no longer required, so I believe... It goes like this, like, you know, I, I, I can't hear you. I can't see you. If if I don't know that you have COVID, then you don't have it. Maybe they just assume everyone has it at this point. Yeah, herd immunity within WWE. So there's that. So that also breaking on the heels of news about producers uh, being out. Um, so 
yeah, it, it's been a, a long weekend for WWE as they go into this day one pay-per-view. Uh, I did not watch SmackDown. Filthy did because he's a, uh, you know, good at his job, I guess, and uh, passionate. I, I didn't think he'd watch it, to be honest with you, but uh, he, he did. I watched Rampage, though. We got that in common. I am professional wrestling journalist Thomas Lawler. I, I heard watch... you say that several times, by the way, on the Christmas show, which you should be uh, meddled for, because for all of the heat that you take about throwing up over Brian's couch, I don't know. I think you actually single-handedly saved that show and kept it moving along there in its in its darkest uh, moments, which was most of the show. <laughs> I asked repeatedly, Brian, why am I on this show? And he said, I need you to hold it together. So I tried to do my journalistic best uh, to do so. Uh, but Mike, I watched SmackDown over the weekend and the thing that they pushed the most heavily was the idea that Paul Heyman's career is going to be over that. He, he said that what's he going to do now? He's going to find a new talent and start over again. He said, that's not what's going to happen. He has to face the facts that his career is most likely over. They even played a video package with clips from WCW and the Dangerous Alliance. They had clips from ECW. It was basically a Paul Heyman career retrospective as they pushed this idea. So my Did guess they have is... sad music? It was somewhat triumphant. Okay. In a way. My guess is that he will help Roman Reigns retain. You know, they, they usually don't push this hard in one direction. Uh without some sort of swerve coming at you. Uh, there was also a title match between Charlotte Flair and Tony Storm, in which Charlotte Flair won uh, with a pinfall. She reversed a small package and got the three-count win. I also have a measure of advice for anybody who faces Charlotte Flair in the future. When she goes up top and she decides she's going to do the moonsault, roll towards the turnbuckle, because then she cannot do a double moonsault. If she does, well, there's going to be no one there. So there you go. That is the key to defeating Charlotte Flair, which Tony Storm did not do on SmackDown. And in the main event, we had a miracle on 34th Street fight between Drew Day, which I thought was cute, uh, as they def uh, they took on and defeated the, the, the team of the Usos, and Madcap Moss. <laughs> Main event Madcap. Madcap, one of the future pillars of the WWE, uh, here eating the pinfall loss to Drew McIntyre, getting he and Happy Corbin getting eggnogged repeatedly by Drew Day, leading to the finish. Not a bad show. Easy to watch. Easy to digest on that Christmas edition. Unlike the Feast of Seven Fishes I had that earlier that day. Wow, look at you going full Catholic. It just, and not even an Italian to be seen in that whole equation there. And you still went with the Seven Fishes. I'm impressed. I mean, my wife is Catholic. Well, yeah. But, you know, Polish, you know. I didn't know they did that in Poland. I thought they had, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, whatever they have in Poland. No, Mike. Mike, Mike if you, <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of fish, a lot of like uh, pickled herring and, you know, uh, white fish in sauce. Speaking Sausages. of fish, 
Mike, what do you use most of the time on the end of the pole to catch a fish? That would be a that would be a worm. I believe that's the traditional way to do it. Correct. I was thinking more along the lines of a hook. Ah, look at you. Well, you put the worm on the hook, and you know what that worm's <laughs> going to do? Sell it, unlike Hook, who ain't selling a damn thing. And that created a bunch of controversy at This Is Rampage. Apparently that's the name of the show. That's what they say in the, the music. I didn't really notice that before. But This Is Rampage was on AEW or was on Saturday night on TNT. It wasn't on Friday night because they got to redo the show uh, Christmas story nine trillion billion times over and over again. But this was night two of the holiday bash, and all anybody is talking about coming out of this thing really is the fact that Hook faced Bear Bronson. And from what I saw, I don't know, Bear Bronson's got big thighs, and apparently that's what it was big thighs against muscular traps. Hook didn't sell the Rikishi driver gimmick that he did. He hits a Northern Lights, uh, a T bone Tazplex, smacks him around with his dad's forearms, and well, not his real dad's forearms. I mean, you know, just at the same time, we didn't drag his he's dad not, down. He's and, not like, doink. Yeah. He's not, not doink. Yeah, pulling arm. off casts and whatever and, and doing all that there. But he gets the victory after putting him in the red rum task mission, and that's that. And all the controversy over, should Hook not have sold, or should he have sold for Bear Bronson? Well, that was one of Taz's gimmicks. Much like Hawk, impervious to the pile driver. You know, so what you think about that? Because Taz obviously has tweeted about saying like it was going to kill the business. He showed a clip actually of uh, Bret Hart and uh, Tiger Mask where uh, Hart hits Tiger Mask and Mask pops immediately back up, kicks him in the head. And it's like, you know, you don't want to see everybody doing it. And I can take the case for why somebody why he should not have sold for Bear Bronze or why he should have. But it's like if it happens once in a while, it becomes a part of this guy's gimmick and character i don't know if it's the end of the world here i mean is it is this uh, that big of a deal here no one is going to look at bear bronson and think any less of him because he hit that pile driver and hook popped up you know what i mean bear bronson's not a pushed guy it's not as if he's a, a you know a top level contender he's a part of a tag team which is mostly on dark or elevation uh and they do win matches but they're not featured you know and it's obvious that hook is getting a bigger push that he is has the people more behind him than bear bronson does at this point so i don't really see the big hullabaloo i don't see a big issue with it um there was a other bit of controversy a, a lot of other controversy coming out of the show mike as cody rhodes Hey, yes. Also retained, or I guess regained, the TNT Championship over Sammy Guevara. He ends the TNT era of Dynamite as the champion, much like he carried Dynamite as the champion throughout the past few years. And a lot of people, both online and in the crowd, seem to be unhappy with the turn of events as Cody hit. I believe it was it was at least three crossroads, three in a row, and then followed it up with a Tiger Driver 98 to get the pinfall. And uh, the Spanish God's title reign has been ended. Yeah, Sammy looked fantastic as always. Uh, tried for a 630, and Cody got his knees up on it. And 
used two crossroads actually and went for a third but then set up what looked to be a pedigree and the fans as soon as he started setting up for it if they weren't booing before they were certainly cascading down uh, them upon cody there but he didn't do a pedigree it was a tiger driver 98 of all things and he gets the victory david crockett comes into the ring afterwards to present cody with the tnt championship yes how dare i talk about hook coming out of this thing is the biggest deal where there are many people very upset over cody rose having the tnt championship but uh well you know i'm not really surprised by this i mean also too i don't know what what you're more you're supposed to do with Sammy as the TNT champion. Yes, he could have a lot of great matches, but unless you're going to have him in a feud, I don't know. To me, it's still, there's advantages to to Cody with that title and bringing in different people to work against him. But, you know, if they didn't have a plan for Sammy here, kind of what's the big deal? You know, some of those belts are going to have to change hands, you know, occasionally, you know, it's, they only have a world title. So the other belts, and they want to protect that one. And I'm fine with, you know, protecting belts to a point, but it's not like title changes that take place, you know, even if it's a month later are that big of a deal. It's a TV championship. So I don't know how long Cody's going to have this thing, but I don't think it's really the end of the world or anything either. It's just a good prop for Cody to have as people lose their minds over him. Yeah. And I mean, if you watch the show, what's kind of been a bigger story, it's been this deal with Cody, you know, with the fans essentially hating him uh against all odds you know it hasn't been the story of sammy guevara and if you're going to try to capitalize on something that the fans are you know making uh an important part of the show then now's the time to do it you know what i mean what do they do have sammy beat cody here and then where does cody go from there he gets you know does he get a little bit of sympathy i don't know I think he's better off uh, in this role as a, you know, quasi heel champion uh, who's going to get booed against probably anyone face or heel uh, seemingly at this point. And, you know, it, I, I think it's just a better role. I, I think the, the belt is, you know, better used in this situation than feuds that they had lined up for Sammy. Maybe I'm missing something or forgetting something, but, um, you know, I think it was a good, good change. Well, and good change. Cody, like, uh, good. <laughs> I can't good even change. say, I can't even say her name from Robin Hood men in tights, but, uh, it got changed to latrine. Good change. That's <laughs> Oh God. I gotta watch that movie again. Um, yeah, Cody is also going to be facing off against Dan Lambert and Ethan page in Scorpio sky. And I wish I wish AEW cared about their tag team division more because I love the idea of Scorpio and Paige as a team much more than separately in the environment there right now. And they have so many great tag teams. I would love to see more action, but that's probably not going to happen. But from what you've seen, you know, Scorpio Sky's got that thing. He's beaten Chris Jericho twice. Ethan Page is probably, he keeps winning matches, maybe due for something here. Can you see Cody being a transitional guy here as well as just your opinion as a fan? Who do you think comes out of this getting booed? How do you think those matches are going to go? Do you think Cody, yes, he's the de facto babyface in those matches, but do you think they actually end that way? No, I, I actually think the men of the year would get cheered. Uh, Ethan Page is very, 
he's hateable, but he's very charismatic. You know what I mean? He's very he's very charming. He's got a punchable face, a but he's really ways. good at it. Yeah. So, um, you know, I would have. I mean, I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if they use Cody as sort of a transitional champion. But I think he'll keep the belt um, after one of these guys gets their shot, and uh, then we'll see some more babyface challengers coming the way. Look at that. Perfect timing going to break. We're going to get no credit for this at all. Producer Dom is going to lie about us, Brian, when he gets back. But we have been perfect with these things. Yeah, I'm patting myself on the back like Barry Horowitz. If, if Tom can watch Doink, maybe it's time that I go back and watch some Barry Horowitz matches from over the years. Mike Semper, baby. Filthy Tom, we'll be back. Wrestling Observer Live. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Okay, I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun, such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Back on the show, Mike Sempervivi here with you. Filthy Tom Lawler filling in for Brian Alvarez. This is Wrestling Observer Live, and we're about to put a bow on this thing. But, of course, Monday night means it is Raw Night on USA. The Miz and Maurice bringing their romance back into the Raw ring as they prepare to renew their wedding vows live in front of the WWE Universe tonight. Plus, Randy Orton squares off against Otis. The Street Profits battle Ray and Dominic Mysterio in the Forgotten About RK-Bro Tournament Finals and more. That's all they got right now. Uh, COVID, I, I guess, uh, uh, in play tonight for the Raw show, Tom. AJ Styles supposed to take on Omos. Mm, but maybe that that's almost not going to happen. <laughs> not being spoken about what is, though. Dolph Ziggler, who has been in a mini feud with Damian Priest over the United States Heavyweight Championship, he gets a shot at that title tonight with his dirty dog partner somewhere, Robert Roode, around ringside. And 
apparently, too, Austin Theory will get one more chance to impress the boss of Vince McMahon. At this point, Tom, what would you suggest to impress Vince? When I, if I was Austin Theory, I would just probably walk around shirtless and flex, to be honest. I think uh, he tried that. Do you think maybe he should go bottomless? you think that might work for Vince? Uh, Mike, we've got to go. But you know what? Veer Mihan is still coming. The Peter North of WWE, there I just had to say. Veer Mihan always coming to Raw. We'll see if he actually makes his first appearance tonight. If Maybe, possibly, I'll be back tomorrow. Certainly, Filthy Tom Lawler will be. And want to thank all of you for joining us again. This is Wrestling Observer Live. Talk to you after a while. You have been listening to the Wrestling Observer Daily Podcast on the 8Side Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, Tanner girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.